course, you know, I mean, the news is going to spin this. Like I said, the last straw for these parents, like when Mike went to the front of the room and other parents started going to the front of the room, this woman, Sophie, you can see her in the video. She's she's from Cuban descent. Her mother escaped that communistic agenda rule. And so yep. she very hot. She is very dear in her heart. So she's so Sophie and I've worked together. She's worked more with Phil Lyman, that um, house rep that we talked about. And when he was denied to come into the meeting and then they allowed that senator to just fit the narrative, she came unglued. She was like, you let this senator come in, but you won't let Phil Lyman call in. You know, she was just like, this is unacceptable. I'm just going to say the board was extremely quiet. There was one woman that um, on the board, and I think she might have been the president. She was probably in the middle. Um, but she came out. She told the audience, you guys, this is a public meeting. And these people have signed up to speak. You need to have some respect. But the crowd was not going to have it. They, they just lashed out. And they're like, no, you are not listening to us. You work for us. Mike was shouting out the statistics. Other people were shouting out, this is child abuse. Um, I mean, it was just the parents had had it. Ready to live at the higher vibrations where peace, love, joy, and good health are the daily standard? That's what this show is all about. Welcome to Vibe. And here's your host, Robin Openshaw. Hey everyone, it's Robin Openshaw. Welcome back to, this is going to be for both the Utah Patriot Update and the vibe show. Everybody who follows me nationwide should hear this one. Uh, I want to introduce you to my lovely and amazing friend, Alina Erickson. Welcome to the show, Alina. Hi, thank you for having me. So we both can't wipe the grin off our face right now, right? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because there's been a lot of losing the last 16 months and I feel like a tide is turning and we are hitting critical mass. And that the people of Utah are starting to look like people who've been oppressed and people whose children have been abused and people who are willing to push back and people who are willing to take personal risk and to go to the, the motto of our Thursday groups, which you are one of the leaders of our motto being the Ammon Bundy quote, it is the duty of all free men to defend the rights of their neighbor. Do you agree? Are we starting to see a shift? I I think so. I think courage is contagious. So when people start seeing, oh, we can do this or, oh, we can act like this or, you know, we can proceed this way, then they're like, okay. And then they get on board. It just takes one leader, somebody to stand out. And, and it just, there's a magnet effect to that. So. Okay. So everybody, a year and a half ago, Alina was a mom minding her own business. <laughs> and never think in a million years that she would be, you know, like carrying the title of Liberty. Uh, but she's a graduate, a graduate school student. She's a mom and she is one of the fiercest leaders of the freedom fight in Utah. What else should we say about you to introduce you, Alina? Well, that's pretty complimentary because I think that's your title. <laughs> so I'll share it. I, well, I just, I just think you know, so many of us are waking up and we're just doing what we feel needs to be done. I mean, these are uncharted territory territories for us. There's so many different angles to attack. You call it the 800 beast, but truly that's what it is. Yeah. So, so what, what she's talking about is that 
you know, we weren't organized 18 months ago. None of us even knew each other. (laughs) And now like some of my closest friends are people who are willing to take action in the Utah freedom fight. And more and more people are, are joining us and everybody doesn't have to be a leader. Like we, we love all the people who are just coming to our meetings, but, um, I want to get into the funny story of how you and I connected and that whole thing. But first, just because it's on our mind and we're so excited about it and it will be in the show notes and everyone must watch this video. It's only a few minutes. What the devil happened last night in Granite School District? (laughs) Oh, my gosh. So that was not even planned. Um, These school boards are having these meetings. We went to Davis first. And I have to say, Davis, it was very obvious there were four parents with masks outside waiting to get in and probably 100 to 150 parents outside without masks see my smile shirts everything waiting to get in and corinne johnson was just a warrior with that and said hey you've got to let us in according to saunders he released these mandates on public buildings and yada well they didn't open it up to us until they had given themselves their awards their ceremony night right and so we all had to sit out there well it was about six 25 and I had to leave because Granite had their school board meeting. So it started at six. It started, it started at six. They probably illegally left the public sitting outside waiting to get in so they could do all their little secret combinations, uh, yeah. whatever it is that they do that we're not allowed to see. Yes. And, you, and, and so it started at six and at 625, you've still got not gotten in. Yeah. So I had to leave. So I followed up and they allowed six parents to speak at that meeting. Four of them were four masks. Now, remember, (laughs) there was about four or five outside with masks, obviously four of them. And they allowed 100% or almost 100% of those parents, but only two to represent the 150. Well, at at a minimum, at a minimum, y'all, I'm going to send this out to 12,000 Utahns who have taken some kind of action in the freedom fight. At a minimum, Unelect these people. <laughs> yeah. Do what you have to do. Show up, be outside, demand to be heard. I think we're becoming like the people of, you know, Kosovo. Like they, people who have been oppressed for generations, they like the police try to push on them and they push right back. Right. These people have been oppressed for a long time. It's, it's like new for us in Utah to realize that we have an enemy in the governor's mansion, a guy who lied to us. And said that he was running on a platform as a conservative Republican of of limited government. And he even had a billboard up in Utah County last time I was there. I mean, it was up for months after the election that's, that, that said he wanted this less regulation in the schools. And then he did this. So yeah. so you left Davis County, which is where you live. And then you ran down to uh, Granite School District because they needed some help. And this is yeah. what Alina has been doing. We had her come to our meeting in um, Summit County and show up because I have a good relationship with our sheriff and he had told other people no. And I got him to say yes. And so we packed the house up in Summit County, which is Park City, which is the most liberal part of Utah. Um, and and we have a good relationship in general with our sheriff and he has never issued a mask mandate. And he even offered to deputize the entire Summit County and the, the mayor because they wanted him to issue masks infractions and citations and he said no but i'll deputize you if you want to go do it and they're like oh no thanks okay so alina heads on back down to this and this is what is going on is like alina isn't even a parent in the granite school district but they needed people there most of the parents there were 
So she heads on down there and, and you will see this in the video. You must see it because you will get chills. If you give a crap about the freedom of the American people, the people of Utah, the children of Utah who, you know, our, our new law allows us to get rid of the mask mandate, which should never happen in the first place. And Alina and I are very much purists on this in that we, she can speak for herself, but we don't believe there ever should have been a mandate. We believe this whole thing is illegal and constitutional against natural law. But, um, you know, the legislature of Utah ended the mask mandate on April 10th. Here we are in, on May 5th, 4th, almost a month later. Our kids are still in bondage. Our kids are still forcibly masked. They literally aren't allowed their public education if they aren't wearing a freaking mask that could be sent home. And if you get them an exemption, then they're treated as a pariah. I have friends whose kids have been put over on the side of the room like they're a leper. So Lena has down to Granite School District, and it's always better to watch it. So make sure you guys look in the show notes for the little, it's just a few minutes long, where Lena's sitting there capturing this on her phone. What happened? Okay, so this was even worse. They did allow, there was probably about 200 people there, and they allowed everybody in there. Even when there was not enough chairs, people were standing. Um, clearly, you can see the divide. People who were wearing masks, obviously, were not in favor of the majority of us who weren't. But this is the disgusting reality. So Phil Lyman, there's this debate on because Phil Lyman was able to call in and work with Iron County. And okay, so with- Phil Lyman is a legislator, everyone, and he is a friend of freedom. And yeah. he will he will throw himself in the fire if he has to. He's one of the very, very few of our legislators who always stands on the right side of stuff. So Phil Lyman was going to call in a Utah state legislator. That's who that's who she's talking about for all those of you not in Utah or in Utah, but don't know who uh, Phil Lyman is. Yes. So I should have done my homework better because, first of all, they wouldn't allow him to call in. You know, he doesn't fit the narrative. They didn't want him to make waves. So they allowed a senator. They only allowed three people. They just cherry picked this. A senator who went to proceed to thank the teachers for doing the wonderful job that they're doing. And the audience was getting so rowdy when she was speaking that... um, so much of what she said was lost. And then there was, well, she was the third speaker. The second speaker was a teacher. They invited a teacher who said the whole entire time, we're just following the governor's orders and we're so thankful for this. I mean, that was the whole take she was taking. And people in the audience were shouting, are you a parent? Like this woman is old enough to be a grandma. She's probably in her 60s, 70s. Are you are you a parent? Are you seeing what this is doing to our children? You're talking about yourself, your comfort in your mask. You're talking about stuff that's not even scientific. Anyway, then the first speaker who was constantly being given standing ovations, like the crowd went wild. She, she talked about these kids, the psychological damage, the speech delayment, the, the anxiety, the, the physical trauma, the social isolation that all of this is doing to our kids. And even if, you know, the schools say, well, if you can't, you know, mask up and just stay home. Well, what is what that's abuse too. You know, I mean, it's a no win position for parents. Um, it's there's it is. It's just a no win. So the crowd starts getting louder. Well, let's, and, let's let me, tell uh, tell me. Uh, so they finally let one person speak who's speaking up on behalf of the incredible psychological and physical risk and harm and damage to our children. I'm curious what the uh, what the school board's reaction was. I'd love to hear your take on that because when we showed up to Summit County and it was a Zoom because, you know, everybody up at Summit County, including our PhD in nutrition 
Richard Bullough, who's probably the worst health department official in Utah, all in on vaccines and masks, knows nothing about health, never never bothered to tell us that we just had enough vitamin D levels, we wouldn't even get COVID. None of that, of course. He's just all in yeah. on the, the regime. So what was the reaction as finally one person got to speak up on behalf of the interests of our children? So again, she was first. I, I gave it to you backwards. The sadly, everybody was masked, so you couldn't really see, you can't see their facial expressions or reactions, but there was little support. I did see some of the boards start to clap when the teacher was talking about how wonderful this has all been. We've, you know, you know, we're just martyrs now because we have just charged through this past year and it's been so hard and yet we've made it and the sacrifice of the teachers and every, like people were clapping, you know, the, some of the board were clapping with her, but it was nothing in comparison to the audience clapping for the parent. So, but the final straw, the final straw, I was sitting next to the gentleman that is in that video and he went crazy because he has been diligent. His, his name is Mike Tyler. He's been diligent with just calling the school board, calling them out on their bluffs, telling them they're breaking law, telling them what laws they're breaking, telling them if they don't meet, like he's, He's uh, He's got the Alpine. He was the one that called the police for the Alpine when they got shut out. And the police just drove around and laughed at him. So he threatened a lawsuit, a $10 million lawsuit on the school board if they will not hold a private meeting to hear parents on May 11th. Last night was not planned. He may be compromised because he organized that Alpine meeting. But you guys will, you guys will see him in the little video. He's the guy who kind of gets really loud. He stands on a chair. He takes control. And it's interesting you tell us his name because, um, he's in, he's in my telegram groups. And now I have a, I was like, who is this amazing guy? Okay. It's Mike Tyler. Sure. uh, Not surprised now. So it wasn't planned. 200 parents. They're getting angrier and angrier because for some reason the school board is all for mandatory masks. And we just, can we just stop and ask that question? Why? I know why. Why do you think? Okay. August 6, 2020, Herbert announced through his press conference that he accepted Rockefeller money for PPE equipment and joining with seven other states. Your children, our children, we are bound. Our children are spot and sold with that agenda. And that is the reason why Cox has now lifted the mandate on the entire state everywhere. I'm, and I think it's businesses too. Saunders, I think he made a statement yesterday. Businesses have been released as well, but not the children, not K through 12. So this is important for the agenda. Keep the kids masked. So say more about that. August 6th. So what you said last year. Yep. August our former, 6th, 2020. Our former governor Herbert accepted Rockefeller foundation money. If you guys don't know who Rockefeller is one of the most powerful of the globalists, the 13 families who really control the world. And these are the globalists who stand out of sight. And every time someone says to me, well, Governor Cox is this and Joe Biden is that. Okay, it goes way, way above that. These people are puppets of an agenda who these people probably paid for their for them to get in office. What, tell, tell me more about this whole Rockefeller thing and our children being bought and sold because of Rockefeller funding. Well, I know the gist of things. I, I tend to not get into too many rabbit holes unless I can actually do something about it. So aside from what you just said, I believe the children are the prize. When you're talking about a communist takeover, when you're talking about, talking about transforming society, 
The children are the prize. Hitler knew this. That's why he came in and he altered the educational system. That's why he made school really fun, but he he tried to separate the parents from the kids. There is a whole Marxist uh, agenda there. Especially okay, it's, like, it's like every state. Have you noticed this? Yeah. All these oh, states yeah. have different things where the adults are allowed out of masks and the, and the businesses don't have to mandate it and be the, the enforcers of the police state, but nobody's letting the children out of masks. It's not just Utah. Do you have any thoughts on why that is? Well, they, they, it's almost like they cannot let the kids out of masks. And, and big shout out to Corinne, who you mentioned before from Davis County. So now we're at Davis County where you were there. You never got in because they kept you out while they did their, their little secret meeting. Uh, Corinne Davis in, in Davis County uh, was so brave. I think it was last weekend, went to the Republican convention. I know we're going sideways on a lot of things, but all these things are really important to mention. Went to the Republican convention and confronted Spencer Cox, our governor, who was the only one around wearing a mask. Nobody's wearing a mask at the Republican convention except for that guy. And she confronted him and they tried to keep her away. He had all his, all his uh, bodyguards, all his people trying to keep her away. And she just was assertive. She's a really assertive personality and really, really grateful for her in this fight too. She's uh, of We the Parents, another organization. That it's is not We the Utah. Parents. It's not We the Parents. It's Utah Parents United. Oh, is that a different yeah. one or did they change their name? Um, I don't know if they changed the name, but yeah. So yeah, Utah Parents United okay. is, is what so it Utah is. So Utah Parents United, and she went up and basically confronted Cox and said, get our kids out of masks. What's up? You know, like all the adults, all the businesses, all the, the mandate has been lifted by decree of the legislature, by a law. And of course, Cox, you know, he, he's, he tells you what, he, what you want to hear. And so he said, masks are over. Masks are done. And then he said, I guarantee, I think he even said like I'll pinky promise or something like that or some goofy childhood saying. Well, um, he said, cross my heart, hope to die. That's what he said. Cross my heart, hope to die. Thank you. That that uh, our children will not go back to um, school in masks in the fall. Now, he lied to me and I have it on camera. So, but at least we have it on camera. Okay. So yeah, that was a funny moment because I was with those ladies and I turned around and I was the one that saw him. I go, wow, there's the man himself. And they're like, who? I said, Cox himself. And it was funny to see these moms just roar. They just swore. And then the bodyguards had to like push them back. But it was funny. It was like, yeah, when you got to defend yourself against a mama bear. <laughs> yeah. And he couldn't, he couldn't get away fast enough. I mean, if there's ever evidence of how our elected official does not want anything to do with us and does not want to hear from us and does not care what we want and what we want for our children. Okay. So back to, so Mike Tyler's starting to take control of this meeting that's dissembling because there's a school board up there and they're all yay for mass. We're saving everyone and everyone's safe because we've, We've agreed to socialism, which I've said this a million times. Socialism is where the government controls the terms of commerce. Our government has gone way past that. It doesn't control the terms of commerce. It controls the means and the the mechanisms of everything, everything in life, everything in life, including everything down to our children having to sit in plastic bubbles. I mean, my college junior, one of my two college juniors dropped out for this year. She's like, mom, I don't want to wear a mask and I don't want to sit in a plastic cubicle. And I'm like, don't blame you. Never thought I'd be like, yep, go ahead, drop out of college. But that is what I said. So um, at that meeting, the school board is trying to control the thing. But unfortunately, there's for them, there's 200 parents are getting angrier. Mike Tyler takes control. You're, you've got this all on camera. What, what happened next? So I knew that Mike had been studying 
the Roberts Rules of Order and Law right. because of Arizona. So I knew it was on his mind, and a few other people had been reviewing it. Sorry, one glad. more thing. Because of Arizona, I believe a place called Alta, Arizona, had this exact same thing happen, except it may have been planned. I don't know. But because they knew Robert's Rules of Order, and we got if we have if we have one person there who knows Robert's Rules of Order and is willing to step forward, you can have that. And in Alta, Arizona, all the school board quit. And so now parents who actually care about the best interests of our children can take those seats. That's what happened. And we had all seen that that viral video, and Mike Tyler had bothered to inform himself. Okay. So that's what you meant by Arizona. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that was his school district. So again, he was heavily involved for 15 years with them. He's actually from California, left California because of what Utah has become. So he's just been kind of a fierce fighter and defender. Um, but you know, really it was interesting. <laughs> the audience, I think was just a little bit, uh, numb to what was going on because they just, nobody expected that, expected any of that. So just they, the the school board, they they said, now, here's the unfortunate thing. We looked over the footage. They quietly did adjourn, unfortunately, which means that everything may not be legitimate. However, however, everything um, may not be legitimate, which is what it looks like on the video, which is that other parents took the board seats because they have to adjourn or else they're fired. Right. Yeah. But okay. we did tell them in the video, if you step down and you leave, you're actually stepping down. If you leave, you're stepping down. And so I, I don't know. So basically, this whole Robert's Rules of Order started taking place. But I noticed the police outside, like outside of the, the room, and they were making calls. So I went out, and I know that there's an attorney from California that was there and she left California because she thought Utah would be better. And this is like within the last, less than a year. So she's she was a fierce fighter in California, but then got out. And now she's bringing her fight to Utah. So I went with her. And she's also been very helpful in the legal realm for See My Smile. So I went out with her. And she started having a conversation with the police. And she said, look, what can we do? Because I can tell you're calling back up. We don't want this to end bad. So what can we do? And he's like, well, this is bad. You know, you guys have broken law. And she goes, what law? He goes, there's, it's a crime to disrupt a meeting. Now, I know that. I know that because of my studies. Um, so I proceeded to tell him, well, I happen to have 700 pages of affidavits with me and 30 pages of criminal codes that tie into the violations that the school board is participating in. So we can actually put your one code of violating a meeting versus my 30 codes. And let's tie that to child abuse. These people are abusing the children against the will of the parents. And I said, we can see which one will hold up. At that moment, the, the chief police came up to, to us, introduced himself and said, we are not going to do anything. You guys just be peaceful and we'll leave you alone. So anyway, within a few minutes, uh, Mike was just kind of, he kept taking you know control of the situation. People were voting. You know, The board members were introducing themselves, the new board members. And um, within a few minutes, the uh, attorney just stood up front and she just said, you know what, guys, it's been a good meeting. I think it's probably time to go. And she just felt like in her gut, we need to probably get exit the building just for our own sakes. Um, and of, of course, you know, I mean, the news is going to spin this. Like I said, the last straw for these parents, like when Mike went to the front of the room and other parents started going to the front of the room, 
this woman, Sophie, you can see her in the video. She's, she's from Cuban descent. Her mother escaped that communistic agenda rule. And so yep. she very hot. She is very dear in her heart. And so that's, she, that's how, uh, that's how Florida went more red this year, more conservative this year is because there are so many Cubans in, uh, Florida. And so they're not the dimwits that a lot of Utahns and Americans are who think that we're too precious that communism could ever happen here. These people who are from, from, uh, Cuba who live here in Florida and there's a lot of them are like, whoa, we've seen this before. We've yeah. seen how they start the race war. They've seen how they divide the people. They see, they've seen how they, they phrase it in terms of this is in your best interest for them to take government control. They're not having any of it. So, yeah. So she's, so Sophie and I have worked together. She's worked more with Phil Lyman, that um, house rep that we talked about. And when he was denied to come into the meeting and then they allowed that senator to just fit the narrative, she came unglued. She was like, you let this senator come in, but you won't let Phil Lyman call in. You know, she was just like, this is unacceptable. What was her excuse? What was her excuse? I'm just going to say the board was extremely quiet. There was one woman that um, on the board, and I think she might've been the president because she was probably in the middle. Um, but she came out and she told the audience, you guys, this is a public meeting and these people have signed up to speak. You need to have some respect, but the crowd was not going to have it. They, they just lashed out and they're like, no, you are not listening to us. You work for us. Mike was shouting out the statistics. Other people were shouting out, this is child abuse. Um, I mean, it was just the parents had had it. So it was a beautiful, it was, it was interesting. And, and I, I told the group, the new board, I went out and did a little bit of prep with them. And I said, you guys, now is the time to stand tall, hold your head high. The power of belief is real. You're going to meet opposition, but you need to know we have your back. The new board who, as, as the 200 angry parents are sitting there and the school board gets up and leaves and may have whispered, we, we're adjourning or whatever happened. I guess that will all settle out and we'll see if they are actually resigning. Like the people in, I might not have it right. There's, it might have been Vail, Arizona, not Alta, Arizona. I just know it's like yeah. some ski town sounding name in Arizona. Um, did they, did they quit? Are they going to resign and let parents? who want to unmask our children be the new school board. I don't know, but these people were literally in this chaotic situation being asked by Mike Tyler, I believe who wants to be on the school board. And people were one by one coming up until all the seats were filled. And then I guess they finished it up and said, this is our new school board. But to me, whether, whether the school board is replaced or not, I think this is a catalytic moment in Mm -hmm. Utah. And it's, the funny thing is, is you and I were going to do this interview anyway. And then this happened last night. And so this isn't even what the main thing that I want to talk about. I want to talk about what your sort of long haul has been in this freedom fight. Um, you know, I have my roles, but I, and, and you mentioned before that I call our fight the 800 headed serpent or the 800 headed beast. And I refer to that a lot in our meetings that we do every week with all of our Thursday group leaders. They're Thursday freedom groups, guys. If you're not in one, go on takeactionforfreedom.com and click on Thursday groups. And if you don't see one happening in your area, start one, okay? One of our Thursday group leaders who's been really successful and her group group has grown very, um, very large. And she, it wasn't even my idea, it was hers. She said, I will do a training. So we're about to do a training on on May 12th. Um, I'll put it 
on that page, which is the Thursday groups page. I'll put it if you miss the May 12th webinar, but you're like, hey, my area needs a group of people who are like Alina will come to my rescue when my rights are being threatened. That's what's exciting to me about what happened last night, regardless of whether the school board says, no, we didn't, no, we didn't quit. And they continue to try to occupy their seats and whatever, is that every single person who's in that room is now mobilized. Every person in that room is now aware of how scary of a situation that we're in and that this isn't going to go away. We, we have now codified by law. We have codified long-term emergency as a valid state. It's not a valid state. And you, you talk a lot about natural law. You, you know, in our conversations and in your conversations, people, you often say, I'm really black and white thinker. And you talk a lot about natural law. You want to talk about that a little bit? Well, I think when we understand natural law is basically that our rights and our mortal experience is is a gift from God. That is a relationship with God. And he gave us a conscience. He gave us a will to uh, fulfill what we feel we need to do on this planet while we're here. And that's a sacred relationship that even the founders knew. John Locke knew. Frederick Bastier, um, who wrote the law. I love some of the... Um, just basic. It's so basic. We have become, and we can get into this with the sheriffs and and my project there, but we have become so wrapped up into thinking, well, what is law? What is code? What does the policy say? Well, who, like, (laughs) it's become a mess. And I often say, okay, you can either have a free market or you can have anti-discrimination policies, but you can't have both. So which is it? You know, and the government has gotten themselves in a double bind that way because they're saying, well, businesses can now require this, but then it's in a direct violation to the anti-discrimination policy. So you can't have both. So when you talk about natural law, you're talking about our God-given, most elemental, Judeo-Christian, biblical rights, that that law, not, not the codes that people write. Yes. So, so everything okay. that is founded and really my experience with the sheriffs, the takeaway that I got from reading 417 pages of Utah criminal code, you can be summed up as you can't harm somebody else. Now, the great spin of COVID is, but you are harming somebody else. If you go outside, you might kill somebody. Mm-hmm. You might be asymptomatic. Well, I have to say, I bring in Cornell law. Cornell law defines a threat, a direct threat as When you're talking about medical, you cannot call somebody a direct threat without a proper assessment done by a competent physician with all the statistics, with proper tools, and then to determine the amount of threat that that person really is. Yeah, because because the big play here is to get us all to see each other as a threat at all times. Yeah. And the big play is for that to be permanent because now we're going into the variance story where the variants are going to kill us, Katie. They can't. They can't keep saying that there's all these people dying of COVID, but we got the variants. And then supposedly in a couple of years, they're going to bring in another, another, um, you know, virus. And now all the people who got the vaccine and are, you know, pathogenically primed to be devastated by a, a, a respiratory infection of any kind are going, a lot of them are going to die. And it's not me saying that it's lots and lots and lots of doctors and scientists who are being suppressed. That's yeah. the environment that we're in in the world today, in the United States today. So, so, you know, that's, so that's, and that's exactly why I got the police involved and why I did my project because 
Okay. When you start- are we going are we going away from that meeting to the police project? Anything you want to do. Anything okay. you want to wherever you want to go. So let's set that up because the thing that I really like that's happening in Utah is that the people who are true leaders who are in this for the long play, a lot of we have a lot of people who flame out fast. And I've gotten more and more committed to like, you know, today I interviewed Gopi and we all know and love Gopi. Gopi Gopi's not going to flame out because we lose some of the battles in the war. And that's what I've learned about Alina too, is that she's in it for good. And she's had some low points and so have I. And I always say, anybody who wants to come to me when you're having a low point, hey, I've had a lot of them. We've lost a lot of battles, but this is a war, right? So let's let's set up how this came to be. What I love that's happening is that if this is an 800-headed serpent that we're up against, we need people to take on one of the heads. I cannot take on all the heads of the serpent. And Alina took on the sheriffs of Utah. And everybody should learn from this because somebody in every state should take on the sheriffs and get information from her. If you're the person who wants to take on this this project, what is your life for if you're not involved in this battle? Are you going to let this whole thing go down? Are you going to let the Republic go down in flames because you were busy? Hey, we all have to make a living. You know, I mean, all of us are in, are in jeopardy here. Like, what are we, are we going to sit here and watch this go down? So Alina and I connected several months ago when I think we had met, we were both speakers at stuff, but I, you know, like those things are really chaotic, but someone reached out to me and said, you really should work with Alina and get word out about her affidavit project. And I spent two days um, grilling you like prosecutorial grilling her about this project, which is that the people of Utah need to go get an affidavit, which involves going and getting it notarized. And I was like, all right, I'm like a 15 year internet marketer. People don't do things if it's not easy. You want people to go out and go to like a bank and get a notary and sign a thing and write up a thing saying how they've been harmed relative to by our leaders, by our elected and unelected officials. And I was like, before I do that, I got to understand it. And I have to feel like people will do it. And I have to be, I might need to be involved in making it simpler just because that's what we do for a living is make it really simple for people to take action. So we've done for 15 years online, right? Like we can't get people to take action for their health or anything else unless it's clear what they're supposed to do and, and, um, that it's easy enough. So, so we, we worked a little bit on that, but it was, it was a great concept. I was just not entirely convinced that people would do it. And so the idea is that Alina is going to go, I mean, this is what a badass she is. She's going to take all these affidavits, which she now has 700 pages of. That's what we're going to let her just run with, with what does this happen with the sheriffs? And then she's going to take these 700 affidavits and get these sheriffs to investigate and prosecute. And then, and then eventually prosecute our former governor, our current governor, and a whole bunch of others of these asshats who have been destroying our lives in Utah. And, you know, my, my thing was, as I was pushing back on her for two days before I decided, yes, I'm going to do this. And that day, John and I wrote up our affidavits and went to a bank and got them, got them, um, uh, notarized and sent them to Alina because we don't tell other people to do it if we're not going to do it ourselves. So we got a handful of pages in there that came from me and John of how Utah's lives have been detrimentally impacted by violation of law of these elected and unelected officials. 
So that's what Alina took on. And I can't take on every head. I'm so glad she has that one. You know, we've got Ryan Sternagel in another shout out in Summit County who has documented all his interactions with our Summit Council and how abusive they are and how dismissive they are and how when they are presented with volumes of science that shows their policies to be foolish and harmful, they don't even read it. And they literally just say misinformation. (laughs) So anyway, I love that Alina took this on. It took me a while to come around to it. And I wasn't even convinced at all that she would get a single sheriff to go investigate Gary Herbert or Spencer Cox. However, whether they do or not, I love that she's holding their feet to the fire. And I believe she will be a national leader in teaching other people how to hold sheriff's feet to the fire because I want I want her to tell us what the actual oath is that a sheriff takes, which is why we have to take on the sheriffs. And you know what? Our sheriff in Summit County, we don't have to do anything to our sheriff because he's already, even though he's a Democrat, okay, there's great Democrats out there. I think he's a Democrat because his parents were a Democrat, his grandparents were a Democrat. I think he secretly cares about the rights of the people, or not secretly, pretty openly. Um, talk about the project, why it was worth doing to you. Was it was it bigger than you thought it would be? Do, do you have hard times and how do you push through those? Any of that that you want to talk about and, and what kind of response you've gotten from the sheriffs of Utah and name names, girl. <laughs> yes. So, okay. Um, yes, this was not my idea. A mentor gave it to me and trained me. And I just realized, wow, when you know the codes, that's kind of powerful. So he taught me some federal codes. I had a conversation with Sheriff Smith, who's over Herbert, or was over Herbert. Well, still is. Um, because because Herbert lives in his county. Yes. And she's talking, about, she's talking about legal codes that are federal and legal codes that are Utah. So so yes. codes are specific little paragraphs of actual law in our state or in our federal government. Okay. Yes. Yeah. That, that uh, come from legislature, legislators. So... Um, Basically, I he told me the federal codes and he's like, do you realize? And then he said, this is the process. This is the system. You've got to hit the attorney general because he is the number one prosecutor and law interpreter of the state. And then you've got to hit the two sheriffs over the counties of the governor and lieutenant governor, which would be Herbert and Cox, Sanpete County, Utah County. So I said, okay. And he says, you've got to get affidavits. Affidavits are the statement. When you are in... You know, when you have any kind of a crime or any kind of an accident or making it, when you call the police and they make a report, that statement is an affidavit. So they can't do anything without an affidavit. They've got to have it. If you don't say anything, if you don't claim anything against anybody, then you're, 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 you know, you're back, you're backing away from the, the claim or the crime or you're deciding to retreat from that. So making that claim is the step. Um, I felt like, okay, let's try the system because we have a system. We pay tax dollars to sheriffs, to an attorney general. Most people think I need to hire a private attorney. I'm going to sue the governor. Your attorney general is that. And I felt like it was really important whether I knew I could have an outcome or not. I felt like it was really important to send the message to raise the bar. Because the attorney general is supposed to stand for the rights of the people. And the sheriffs are elected by the people. They're an elected official. If you guys didn't know that they are elected by the people to protect the rights of the people. We've seen them in, in there's a viral video going around where there's a a sheriff and he's, he says, no, I was elected to protect the staff. Lie. 
Yeah. Lie, lie, lie. They are, they took an oath to protect us and that includes protecting us from the government. Am I wrong? Right. So that's what I'm proving, right? That's, that is the bar that we're raising because, and we, we need to understand that sheriffs are a different entity than police. So city police work under a mayor and it's a different jurisdiction, but a sheriff is the highest law enforcement in the state and has a direct connection over the governor. If the governor's out of line, it is his specific job and duty to get the governor in check. So the question is, is government immune? Because if I were to stand up in front of Utah and tell them that everybody's lives are going to be damaged and and millions of people are going to die and everybody needs to do this medical procedure because it's going to save lives and and you have to do this and if you don't, you're going to be fined. And by the way, you have to stay in your house for two weeks. We're going to close down schools. You can't, you can't do business and you're essential and you're not. And by the way, if you are essential, you can only work 40% capacity. And like, I would be arrested, escorted off the scene and basically convicted of domestic terrorism. Okay. So why not our governor? He doesn't have the authority to stand there as a physician and make claims on unfounded science. He doesn't have the authority to infringe on natural rights and tell people you can't work and you have to wear this on your face and your kids have to stay home and stay inside of your house. That is a house arrest without due process. They don't have a right to infringe on our First Amendment rights. So that is why natural law, that's why I speak about that, because until the people understand who they really are, what their connection is, what their purpose is on earth, what that we, the people are a republic. We own the government that back to that meeting with uh, Granite School District. We own the school board. We have a right to say you are in breach of contract. And I really hope that those parents and that, that new school board will actually go after that and say, you're in breach. We are not happy with this. It's time that we raise the bar and say, no, we need to be represented. So with the sheriffs, um, I had a conversation with Sheriff Smith back in October. Basically, I told him. Sheriff Mike Smith, who is Utah County's sheriff, am I right? Yep, Utah County Sheriff Mike Smith over Herbert. So this was October, and I told him basically because Gary Herbert lives in Orem. Yes. So I told him everything that these things were doing to my family, how it was affecting my children. We were losing money with our Airbnb. We were, um, you know, we were being denied First Amendment rights. Like, I mean, just a whole bunch of things. Basically, I was making a a, a complaint, a formal complaint. And I had a very good heart to heart with him. I think, you know, he was a little misguided on a few things and, and they're trained. Unfortunately, we see this in every kind of um, job, like whether it's a school teacher, whether it's military, whether it's, whether it's the police or medical, they're trained to think a certain way. And so for him, his whole thing was, I just can't go rogue. I can't just go arrest a governor. And I, my, my thinking was, why not? What do you need? Well, it took two months to get into him. December 21st, I finally got into him. He was smart. He had two investigators in there. Sadly, one of those investigators, um, Dave Sorensen, Sergeant Sorensen, didn't even know what Dominion was. Now that's alarming. How can you be an investigator and not know what Dominion is? And these guys were basically telling me Dominion the concept or Dominion, the company that ran the bad voting machines. 
Yes, because I, at that point, when I sat in front of them, I had a good handful, like a good majority of the affidavits by then. I started collecting them all over the state. I started going where I could, where there were public appearances talking about it. I brought affidavits with me. I brought notaries with me. I was doing everything I could to collect as much as I could. So anyway, I had some materials and I spouted off federal codes to them. And they said, which is title federal code title 18241, which is acting out of color of law. If it's not law and you're pretending it's law, then you can totally be fine for 10 years. There's It's a felony. There's a whole list of consequences. They, they personally can be held accountable. They personally can go to jail. They personally can be sued, as I understand it, under federal law if they are basically pretending that there is law justifying their tyranny against the people. Is that it? That's right. That's right. And then I quoted 242 is when they're acting out of color and law of law through force, coercion, intimidation, fines, or threats. So I told those two to them and they said, we can't deal with federal code. We can only deal with Utah code because the original, the, the original portion of the conversation was, is I was claiming you guys have an oath to obey the constitution. People's constitutional guarantees are being violated. And they said, well, we can't, we can't work in the constitution. We need codes. Then I went to federal codes. Then they said, we can't deal with federal codes. Do you have a Utah code? And I looked at those men in the face and I said, Look, I will go home and I will get what you need. But I, I tell you this much, if this, and I had everything laid out on the table, I said, if this is not enough, I will find whatever it is you need because I know it's out there. Utah has been harmed and damaged and I will find it. So you just tell me what you want and I'll get it. If this is not enough, meaning the 700 pages of personal affidavits with things like my child committed suicide because he's despairing in this climate that you've created and, 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 and yes. And, you know, I mean, but really even basically at a basic level, I mean, I might have like 40 suicide, high risk suicide ideation um, statements because, and I tried to get more. I know there's a lot more. Utah has tons of tons of suicides, but it's a sensitive, delicate subject people don't want to talk about. Yes, the majority of the affidavits are about a mask. But again, back to natural rights. So um, here's what's interesting. When they told me, and I have the code right here in front of me, when they told me, and I found this later, because I went home and I said, okay, you want a Utah code? I'll find you a Utah code. And I read two, I read the 417 pages over Christmas break. And I found and compiled 30 pages of codes, code violations that correspond with the affidavits. But here's this code, 76910009, which is implementation to be consistent with federal law and civil rights. These sheriffs have said we cannot deal with civil rights and we cannot deal with federal code. And it says, all state and local agencies shall implement this part in a manner that is consistent with federal laws that regulate immigration, protect the civil rights of all persons, and establish the privileges and immunities of the United States citizens. There you have it. Which it should it should have been them. It should have been the sheriffs who should know the code, look up yeah. the codes that have been violated by our elected officials, and investigate yes. them. But you had to do it. Yeah. I had to play sheriff. I had to play attorney. I had and to now, play attorney. And now you try to get the sheriffs out of their positions as warming a seat 
and doing lots of bureaucratic things that I'm sure do keep them busy full time, but do not protect the interests of the people. Because you know what? There is going to be a price to be paid for where you land in terms of your legacy, for where you landed on these issues. Were you a seat warming sheriff who sat there with your butt in the chair and refused to even investigate our elected officials who lied to us when they ran for office, Mr. Cox, limited government, less school regulation. Could our schools be more regulated? Don't forget what I always say. Okay. This is my, one of my heads of the 800 heads that I take on that nobody ever forget that the legacy of Spencer Cox is that he brought socialism to Utah in the form of 26 pages of tables and charts of new ways that have never been done before to limit lifestyle in Utah, limit us all the way from our health to our schools, our education system, universities, parties we're allowed to have, freaking Thanksgiving. They tried to cancel our Thanksgiving. It goes so far beyond socialism. We are so a centimeter away from communism and we got set up in this whole thing, in this whole scam, partly because of people like the teacher who gave everybody a lecture last night at Granite School District, partly because of people like them who fell for it, hook, line, and sinker, fell for the garbage, fell for the communist garbage. If they don't know they fell for communist garbage, it's because they don't freaking know what communism is or socialism. If you held a gun to their head, they wouldn't be able to tell you what communism and socialism is. They wouldn't even be able to give you a sentence of what it means, and that is what Alina and I and lots of other amazing people in Utah are fighting. And you took on a, a big one. It was a bit, was it a bigger project than you thought? Well, you know, and it's interesting because Sheriff Smith went quiet. Now, I have to bring in Sam Pete County over Cox because quickly, by the very first of the year, Cox was new in, as the governor, right? And so I had to focus on Sam Pete County, but that sheriff, midterm, Sheriff Nelson, I talked, I spoke with him just before he jumped ship and took a job with Cox. Yeah. He knew what I was, he knew what I was doing. He was yeah. very aloof about it. And I just, I thought, well, that's weird. Okay. Maybe that's his personality. But then I found and, out. No, now you know why like, is because Cox was uh, cherry picking him. So he's already under the spell of the Cox socialist uh, regime. Yep. So I had to wait and be very patient for the county delegates to um, appoint a new sheriff. And I was very interested in that because I thought, man, if we can get a good sheriff in there, we are set up. Um, but anyway, Sheriff Buchanan, he ignored me for about four weeks. I tried to call multiple times and left messages, nothing. And finally, the fifth call, I said, I'm going to be on with talk with John tomorrow on the air. I'm going to name names. I'm hoping we can have a good relationship. But since you're not answering me and calling me back, I'm going to call it out for what it is. And is that when he called you? No. Well, three days after, but the, I had already mentioned it. So let me tell you the other thing. I have been telling the attorney general. Now, we need we need to back up with the attorney general just a little bit. People need to understand, according to the last 10 pages of the Utah Criminal Code, it describes the Antitrust Act. The Antitrust Act specifically appoints the attorney general to manage commerce, to make sure there's no monopolies, to make sure there's no artificial infringement on natural pricing competition within the market. So tell me, when we tell businesses, you're essential, you're not. 
you can only work 40% capacity and you have to work like this. You have to run your business like this. Does that not promote a monopoly? Does that not interfere with the natural price regulation? I told Ray is this. Ray is actually went to Eric Mutso's business revival back last year when the business was being shut down and he made a speech. He was giving lip service. Yeah, Reyes, yeah. Reyes is Sean Reyes. He's our attorney general. And um, and Alina has a texting relationship with him. Yeah, he's he's come to the events. He's uh, he's actually quite standoffish at some of them because he wants to have a presence there. But he stands there and wears his mask when zero other people are up in uh, up in Park City um, when we had a Back the Blue event or whatever. So I've wondered about him. But you've just continued to relentlessly push them to do their job. And it hasn't hasn't been great with Reyes, has it? So the only thing I have left that I've done with Reyes, and I, I spent an hour and a half with Rick Kentrell, which is his counselor. He was very nice. He took me into the attorney general's office, had me sit down, said, here, find a pen. Let's take a picture. Let's have you look like you're signing something. I'm like, you want me to go through the attorney general's desk? <laughs> I'm like, are you framing me? It was a fun experience, but he gave me an hour and a half. Halfway through that an hour and a half, he had to have a meeting, but he came back to find me to continue the conversation. And it's the same thing that I told the sheriffs. I said, look, we support you. We, the people are coming to you. We need you. We need you to do your jobs. I'm asking you to do your jobs. And if you don't, I'll go public. And that's exactly what I've done. Because when we go public, that's what gets the movement. There is, there is so much power behind the word, we, the people, because even at the globalist level, we, the people are the answer, the answer in numbers. We, the people at the Granite School District who overpowered the school board to the point they needed to leave. It's we, the people. So when I was on with Stu Peters, he has 72 million followers. He's a former bounty hunter. He now has a, a radio show that he does nationally. 72 million followers. He had me on for, for about 10 minutes. I briefly told him and I challenged America on air. Find me a sheriff who is willing to arrest their criminal government. Find it for me. Because I believe 2020 would have never happened if sheriffs had done their job, if law enforcement had done their job. And so I sent that link to Reyes and to the sheriffs, and then they've been getting back with me. And then I was in Oklahoma with political leaders, and I took a picture. There were pictures. I got in the back door with Linwood. Whatever people think of Linwood, but he's still a celebrity. He's still a political leader, freedom fighter. And I got so I, I told him what I was doing. And he told me, you're a smart girl. You get those sheriffs to do their job. Don't give up, even if it makes them uncomfortable. And so I gave them that quote and the picture and offered the video to the sheriffs. I'm getting responses finally because I'm getting national. If I start talking about this across the country, and that is my message, that is the overarching theme that America needs to get, is we have these natural rights, we have law enforcement, which we can go over the oaths if you'd like, and what that means, we have law enforcement who has sworn an oath to defend us. It is not defund the police or back the blue, it is back the blue if they back their oath, right? So this is the this is where we raise the bar as a people and as law enforcement because we've got to be protected from our government. Otherwise, we're under a dictatorship. Or worse, if our police are turned against us, then we're in a totalitarianship. <laughs> so 
So that's not a, that's not where we want to go. Yeah. That's what, when the founders of this country set it up, their big fear was not that we were going to like get a virus and that we needed to be protected from a virus that 99.85% of us uh, survive. It, it was that we would need to be protected from our government because government forgets itself and organizations are self-perpetuating above all. So these guys who get themselves into office as sheriff, they are, they're the, the sought after person at the cocktail party or whatever the Utah version of cocktail party is. Right. Um, and there are many celebrities and they forget themselves and they forget that they took an oath to protect the people, protect the rights of the people, protect the constitution, uphold the constitution. And I find in all of the um, interactions I have with people and having interviewed many, many, many famous politicians and scientists and doctors and, and researchers that uh, a whole lot of these guys who are supposed to uphold the constitution don't even know anything about the constitution. And you had to go to them and show them 30 pages of Utah codes that have been violated and are represented in those 700 pages of affidavits, right? Well, and not only the 30 pages of Utah criminal codes, I gave them 150 pages of signatures of people who want an investigation. I gave them the Utah code violations, or sorry, the Utah constitution violations, and then the federal or national constitution violations. I gave them everything they needed. And it's it was like, it's like, what, what more do you want? They don't, they don't actually need more. They just like, nobody actually wants to go investigate. Yeah. A, a, well, a former governor or a governor. They just, they just don't want to do it. Yeah. So I'm, I'm doing something I don't know that anybody's ever done before, but it needs to be commonplace, right? And we need to have people go into these offices, become sheriffs who are willing to do this. We are all either equal under the law or we're not. I'm asking for equal representation, protection, and prosecution under the law. If we don't get it, we're in a dictatorship, and that's what we're proving. We are not protected from our government. Our law enforcement will not do it. Yeah, and our, our legislatures all over the country are have been writing laws. Utah has this, the shortest legislative session in the country, but they're writing laws all over the place to protect the government from the people. You know, for instance, Utah's legislature just because they're scared of us, the actual legislators themselves are afraid that we'll go show up and hold signs peacefully in their neighborhood like we did for the health department officials. Why did we do that? Because we went to the health department and there's nobody there. There were zero cars in the parking lot. I personally held a protest at the Utah health department during business hours in which there were zero people at the health department building in Utah, even though the head of the health department in Utah makes $350,000 in her early thirties. So um, that, that figure isn't exact, but something like that. She makes a lot of money and she is supposed to protect uh, public health interests. And we disagree with how she's doing it. The vast majority of Utahns disagree with her crushing the economy in order to further an agenda and do what her national overlords are telling her to do. You know, I mean, her sign, her yard was full of Biden signs if that tells anyone anything. So um, I think that we have to remind these elected officials what they were elected to do, which isn't to warm a chair. And I'm going to encourage everybody who's um, following this, who's watching this, take the link from the Take Action for Freedom, click on podcast and get this podcast episode and send it to your school board members. Okay. If you're not one to start a Thursday group, that's fine. There's ways for you to participate that you can just stay at home and do. And one thing you can do is take the link to this episode, 
send it to your school board members and say, we will not allow abuse of our children. Like, how hard is that? Look up your granite, <laughs> granite or Jordan or Davis or Summit, whatever county you're in, look up your school board, send them a link to this where we talk about what we're, they're going to be seeing more of this. Okay. Cause I'm in it. I'm in it till the end. I'm in it till the bitter end. You're in it till the bitter end, right, Alina? Oh yeah. We're in it till the bitter end and we're going to grow our Thursday freedom groups and more and more and more people are coming every week and they've never seen anything like this, our elected officials. And it's not that they're bad people. Most of them are confused, deluded people. The people, the people who are with their elected office forcing our children who just don't die of COVID, nor do they transmit it. And the science is clear on that. Okay. There may be a few people out there willing to lie about it, but the science is clear on that. It's, it's, yeah. it's a one in a million thing, but we have got to tell our elected school board officials. And we do have like one, one who's loud, like you and I are Natalie Klein, who's out there speaking up, but there's way too many school board officials who just go along with the narrative and go along with what the TV man tells them. We need actual leaders and we're going to require it. And we're going to, we're going to can your butt and put somebody else in there. If you don't stand up for our children and if you don't stand up for our rights, and for the Utah law and the Utah constitution and federal law and federal constitution that protects us because you can pass a law that says that we can't hold signs in your neighborhood or in any, any elected official's neighborhood or unelected official. You can pass a law. That's what Utah did. It's still in violation of the constitution. It's still in, well, it's in violation of the bill of rights. Okay. And, and we, we need to understand. Yeah. We need to understand the sheriff's basic job is the bill of rights. It is to protect all of the amendments, the Bill of Rights. I mean, people are like, what's the sheriff's job? What are they supposed to do? It's to protect you, those natural rights. You know, the founders knew we didn't need a list. I mean, they had to, what was it, the 10th Amendment, where they had to say, you know, anything that's not listed here, that doesn't mean that it's not a right. (laughs) Because they they didn't want to be so specific to give the idea that if it's not listed, then it's not a right. Um, So I would encourage people, but... You know, even Natalie, even Natalie Klein, I made a post about the videos and I included the YouTube videos that I made about uh, the Granite School District. And then I made a little brief one about me and just summarizing what had happened. Um, and she said it didn't work because they adjourned. And I said, well, we'll see because they're in breach of contract. These school board members are in breach of contract. So when- they adjourn. Uh, this is just a, an angle to pursue, right? I wasn't there. And all I saw of it was your l- little video. I'm really glad you caught that video. Did they adjourn by whispering to each other that they're adjourning? I, yeah, I, I would it think was there's quiet. rules. It was quiet. So, yeah, we need to explore if they even adjourned appropriately. So I'm a little bit concerned. I love Natalie. I was just with her Saturday at the Liberty Festival, gave her a big hug, met her for the first time besides being involved, you know, through Facebook or whatever. But um, she's a, she is a warrior fighter. But again, let's raise the bar. Let's raise the bar. Are we talking about a group of people who have been purposely abusing children and they should not be in office? I have like, this is, these are, these are the 30 pages. And you cannot sit in that chair and violate somebody and then maintain that position. So we've got to change the way we think. We've got to stop being so civil that we just sit there and keep taking it. I, I think it's really important. This comes from um, 
know Webster's 1828 dictionary, I looked up the, the definition of oath. Okay, this is really, this is compelling. A solemn affirmation or declaration made with an appeal to God for the truth of what is affirmed. The appeal to God in an oath implies that the person, Im, Im, let's see, imprecate, imprecates? I've never heard that word. But basically forces his vengeance and renounces his favor if the declaration is false. Or if the declaration is a promise, the person invokes the vengeance of God if he should fail to fulfill it. A false oath is called perjury. Yeah, remember that? Remember that when the law used to actually account for what God wants of us? Yes. Okay, we can't do that now. We can't do that now. Yeah, but yes. we used to. So here we are tying in natural rights, but oath is an invitation to invite the wrath of God if you're in breach of it. That's that's really interesting. So everyone listening to this is invited to be a part of the resistance in Utah because you have not seen the rest of it. All the, you have not seen the end of this. All those of you who think we are going back to normal, please stop saying that. We just codified the state of long-term emergency in Utah by our legislature, some of whom push back, but most of whom are just followers, just kind of not wanting to rock the boat, not wanting to offend all their buddies that they go to the legislators' cocktail parties with. Or I always make jokes about cocktail parties because <laughs> it just makes me laugh to think of people in Utah at cocktail parties. But um, we we have to we have to stand up against this. And one way you can do it is get the link to this podcast episode and send it to not just your school board, send it to your uh, city and county commissioners. Mm-hmm. Um, to your mayor and make a stand and say, I stand with the resistance in Utah, the resistance to socialism, the resistance to the um, devastating tyrannies that have harmed our children and continue to harm our businesses. You know, I have everybody in Summit County has told me all the way from like, I talked to Justin Martinez about it and I don't want to diss Justin Martinez because like I said, he has he and his staff have not issued a single mask citation. And now Summit County can't even keep their mask mandate, you know, uh, in place because there's literally no data to support it. I mean, literally they hadn't had a case of COVID in the 30 days before in the senior set at all, not a case. And so they literally couldn't, it, it literally physically hurt them to cancel the mask mandate. The state mandate was already canceled, but it physically hurt them. And then at the end of it, because they had to drop the mass mandate because we don't have a COVID problem. We never had a COVID problem. We didn't have a death for four and a half months in, in uh, Summit County. And, and when we finally did four and a half months into their total lockdown, they wanted Justin Martinez to do a, uh, to do martial law. His words, not mine. They wanted to have him stopping everybody in and out of the county and he wouldn't. Four and a half months later, we finally have a death and it's someone in his eighties who had been in a care facility for two years. Okay, we, we have to stand up to them, grab the link and send it. But I, I wonder, Alina, I've shouted out a lot of the other freedom fighters and you have too, um, just people who are like making a massive difference and taking personal risks. We need lots of eyeballs on this declaration of our intent to stay with it and grow our ranks because it is the massive majority of Utah who is against the mandates, who is against the oppression of our governor all the way on down. Who else, who have we missed that you want to shout out? We, we talked about well, Corinne Edwards, I think. Um, Brittany Liberté. We should, we should mention Brittany. Yeah. I, I don't know if she wants us to say her last name, but Brittany Liberté, I, I know her last name, but that's what she goes by online. So we'll just say that, but she's, she's fearless and 
four little kids, little kids. And she's just out there. She just, she fights all the fights. See my smile campaign. Anybody big in the see my smile campaign besides, um, Brittany that we should mention? Um, well, yeah, I mean, the see my smile. So that's Corinne and that's, uh, Gloria. I, I, she's from California. Can't remember how to say her last name. She is just a rock star. And then so is- all you Californians who come here and you stand with us and you got out of California because you see what's happening there. And you know what communism and socialism is and you don't want it and you come here. Welcome. Come on over. Come yeah. on over to Utah and all the rest of you Californians freaking stay home. <laughs> Tracy, Tracy, the attorney. She's awesome. I mean, there's, there's so many good freedom fighters, but I, I, I think it's really important that the message of the sheriffs of really quick bringing in. So, you know, when I, I liked your sheriff, I liked Sheriff Martinez. He's a nice guy. Like I liked a lot of what he had to say and we aligned. However, we have to raise the bar. And when I say that, I expect the two sheriffs over the county of the lieutenant governor and governor to actually do what their job, right? Like protect Mm -hmm. our natural rights, protect all of all of these things that that we are being violated with, protect us. But additionally, the sheriffs who are not in those counties, here's what I'm asking them to do. I am not okay with the sheriff saying, I'm a constitutional sheriff. I'm not going to arrest or cite anybody. What have you done? What have you done in just your county? I know every single sheriff has witnessed a higher suicide rate. Have you made a report? Have you filed a complaint? That is what I expect you to do. File a complaint against your government. Then I'll call you a constitutional sheriff. And, and, and is that a, is that a catchphrase that you use to get elected so that all the conservatives vote for you because conservatives are pro constitution, but they don't bother to know what's in the constitution. So ask them, what does it mean to you to be a constitutional sheriff? It's totally worth doing to find out your, your sheriff's name. I didn't know Justin Martinez before I reached out to him and how I, how I got a hold of him is I started emailing him and calling him and saying, Hey, I, I actually stood up and asked you a question last summer. Okay. We're talking July, 2020. I stood up in front of 200 people and said, when you are told to start oppressing the people, will you stand up for us? And I got, a, I got a, a lot of applause from the audience. Okay. These are, it was a, it was a Republican event. So more conservative people. And he just looked really shocked. Like I'm that, no, that's not going to happen. We just have a virus. You know, I'm just pontificating about what I think was going on in his head. But he just looked confused. Like, no, we have a virus and it's going to go away and it's fine. And, and I sort of predicted what has happened. I said, will you stand with us? And so. Having having that relationship with your sheriff and, like you said, getting them to do their job and raising the bar, yes. And also just having a relationship with them, staying in dialogue with them, thanking them when they do a good job, like Justin Martinez never issuing a citation for a mask violation because it's in violation of natural law, et cetera, et cetera. And, um, and uh, just, you know, like asking them, what does it mean to you to be a constitutional sheriff or start with, are you a constitutional sheriff? So I think these are all really important. I, I should shout out Cheryl Carl comes to mind. Um, I mentioned Shannon Galladay. She's going to be doing um, a training for Thursday group leaders. Anybody who wants to hold one, it's on takeactionforfreedom.com. Click on Thursday groups. Look and see if there's one in your area. If it's not, we have a gaping need for you. It's fun and easy to do a Thursday group. And Shannon's going to do a training with me. That we will record and we will put it on that page. If you miss it on March, on May 12th, Cheryl Carl has been an absolute badass in Wasatch County. And lots of people work with her and they're taking on their own 800 headed beast in Wasatch County. They have a great sheriff. 
stands for Second Amendment. Um, and they're having a relationship with their sheriff and calling his attention to the science on masks. It's really easy to be deluded about this whole mask thing. If all you do is watch CNN and MSNBC, then you think there's a killer virus and we better go inject ourselves with antifreeze, right? I mean, sorry, sorry to be ridiculous. But that's actually what's happening. Yeah. There's, there's a killer. There's a killer virus that 99.85% of us survive. And we need to inject antifreeze into ourselves. And people say, oh, that's ethylene glycol, not polyethylene glycol. Hello. Polyethylene glycol is just a bunch of molecules of ethylene glycol put together. It's the same <laughs> damn thing. So, okay. Rant, rant, yeah. rant. Did, did you think, I bet you thought of some things that you wish you, you wanted to talk about. Anything else? Um, so I think it's important to note that the DA, deputy DA error, E-Y-R-E is how you spell his last name, basically told me there's no evidence of crimes or damages. Now, let's go on with this to say not one person has been questioned. Not one per- one affidavit has been brought to into question and a person brought in. So to me, people have. So been- there's been no investigation by Deputy Iyer. Yeah. E-Y-R-E. Do you happen to have an email address for him so that we can send him emails and say, we would like an investigation of the 700 pages of affidavits and the 30 pages of criminal codes that are, our elected officials have violated. Should we do that? We can. I can look that up when you can put it in the links after this podcast, if you want. Um, okay. But, so but it, it'll be in the show notes. Even better if we say it out loud. But of course, we're expecting Elena to like come up with that off the top of her head. But um, I could I could real quick. Um Maybe yeah. if it's in, if it's in the other yeah, email. Yeah, it's easy. What's um what's Deputy Ayers? Uh, is he so he's like first line to um Sean Reyes? No, so he's Utah County. So would they have county okay. attorneys or deputy attorneys? So here's um who was it? Um, come on, what was his name that went after the family for having the Halloween party? Love it. So Levitt he's in, in Utah County, and he he went on and on and on about how sick he was when he got COVID. So because because um, Levitt, our county attorney in Utah County, because I'm moving from Park City to back down to Utah County because it's a lot safer in Utah County. There's a lot more people who stand with me, and that's not really why. But um, so Levitt did a press conference and basically said, "Yeah, I'm prosecuting all these guys for holding this big Halloween party because uh, I got really sick from COVID." And I was like, "You're a terrible lawyer. You're a terrible yeah, lawyer, yeah. and y'all y'all yeah. should take this. You should all, all should take this." And right, I think David, is it David Levitt? I think it is David. No, And, and, and tell him that he is violating the rights of the ma- massive majority of Utah County. Yeah. So, you know, and then Sheriff Smith, um, it was interesting because, I mean, we don't have to take the time to get into his reply to me, but it was after I sent him the picture of Lynn Wood that he finally gave me this long email, right? And basically said that he can't do anything, the, the, prosec- the investigators and the Attorney or the, yeah, the, de- okay. the district attorney didn't find You've read it to me. You've read it to me. Give it to me. I will make it, it, it will, it will live on the Take Action for Freedom site. I think everyone should see what Sheriff Smith said to you. I do appreciate that he took the time to write you back. However, the whole thing was to basically say, I'm not going to, not going to prosecute the so, governor. But, but what I really want to point out with, with, uh, Smith was remember, I originally went to him and said our constitutional guarantees are being violated 
And he said, well, the Constitution is left for interpretation. You need to have codes. So in his response to me, there was not one mention of a code. And he went back to claiming he was a constitutional sheriff and that he was going to pretend Herbert in his Fourth Amendment right because there was no probable cause to arrest. I'm sorry. Are 700 pages of affidavits not a probable cause? Are the news, the press conference? That he made a statement himself, October something. There were 26 suicides in Utah County. Utah County usually has 12. Before the holiday season, there was more than double. Why can he not say this is probable cause? And the most damning thing that he said in that news thing back in October of 2020 was that the, the suicide increase was probably and most likely because of the COVID man. Dates, people being isolated, feeling restricted, losing their business, not being able to gather, worship, interact, go to school, have a life. I mean, all of these things, he made his own statement and now he's backpedaling. And so I, I feel like, you know, I don't want to destroy somebody's career, but maybe law enforcement isn't for him. If hey, he, it's, not, it's not destroying somebody's career by saying you need to do your job that you vowed to do. Yeah. And he was not happy. And I felt like he turned on me and, and, you know, 3.2 million Utahns and the cause of liberty and his oath to defend the constitution and that bill of rights is not more important than Herbert's fourth amendment right. You don't get rights when you commit crimes, you lose those. And sometimes, sometimes two people's rights come in conflict. We have the overwhelming massive majority of rights laws on our side. We just don't have uh sheriffs courageous enough to do a freaking investigation. How hard is that? Yeah. Well, and think about the wild West, the wild West, when this great state was formed, what, you know, they, they hired sheriffs. It was very simple. It was black and white. It was just leave people alone. Let them. I think we've gotten to the point where we become we've become so big through legislation and my micromanaging everybody and these policies that it's like it's to the point it's suffocating, and that, and yet people's minds are wrapped around oh we just need to follow the policy follow the book instead of doing what's right and I feel like we're at a place in society where we're challenging that and saying it's not just about policy anymore it's about what's right because it's gotten out of control. So. Yep. If you're if you're an elected or unelected official watching this, um, just know that we're at critical mass and we're going to grow from here because there are very few people in Utah who want to watch our children's future be destroyed. Over I, when I, I keep saying the statistic of ninety nine point eight five percent who um, let me let me just back that up. That is Dr. John Ioannidis at Stanford U- University looking at the CDC's own data. As padded as the CDC's data is. It's still 0.15% who die of this virus that we've destroyed the world for. And some people are fiercely committed to continuing to destroy the world for. And that is what Anthony Fauci in New England Journal of Medicine last year on March 26th said that the death rate would be. He predicted it would be 0.1%. John Ioannidis takes a look at all the data. He's out of Stanford, um, PhD immunologist, virologist. And he says, Currently, our death rate is at 0.15%. And it only goes down from there because the virus weakens. And we're seeing that. The variants, stop stop being afraid of the variants, you guys. Variants get weaker. You see it over and over and over again. It's very well documented with coronaviruses. They get weaker, not stronger. So it's just, it's just more media lies. 
So it's good if we can educate our um, elected officials. And I won't apologize for how fiery I am about this subject because there's a lot of people who need somebody to stand for them. And some of you want to be keyboard warriors and we'll take y'all. We'll take y'all. But if you're a keyboard warrior, then send emails all the time to your elected and unelected officials and tell them where you stand. Because otherwise, all they hear from is these loud, tiny minority of people who, you know, they've got some kind of autoimmune disease and they've been falsely convinced that that they're at risk from this virus. And so they want to force masks on you, two masks on you. They want you to get jabs of things. And now J&J says, I gotta, you got to get another shot because it didn't work. And now Pfizer says you got to get a third shot because it didn't work. Listen, wake up and learn what is really going on and turn off the CNN. So thank you so much, Alina. This has been really incredible conversation. I've learned so much from you. And I really, really admire how indefatigable you are. Um, do you have any emails that you've come up with that we should at the end tell people to write or should we just put them in the show notes? Well, we can put it in the show notes. If people want to reach me, they can um, through either utahfreedomcoalition.org or um, America lives in you at gmail.com. So. Okay. Americanfreedomcoalition.org. Is that how they can send you an affidavit? Like how can people send you an affidavit of the harm to you? Where is that affidavit? Is it- well, I, I have a link. So I do have an affidavit written up for that. But I mean, I would still take affidavits. We could still take affidavits, but I'm just taking what I have. I'm pushing it. I have yeah. not heard back from the attorney general yet. And I have not heard back from San Pete County yet. So okay. that's, is, yeah, is that's utahfreedomcoalition.org where, where they can get your affidavit? Because I still think you might as well get more if people are hearing this for the first time because people are joining the freedom fight. New people are joining us all the time. And so I still think we need uh, more affidavits. So then I would email me. Okay. At um, America lives in you at Gmail. Just email me there. I have a link that I can give you, and it's it's got all the instructions, everything. Okay, you might end up sorry, but America lives in you at Gmail dot com. If you're willing to send a uh, send a hey, affidavit. if I can get more affidavits, I hold those dear. Not only have I PDF to everything that I have, but I keep the hard copy because it makes a statement where I need where I need it to. When I visit with the sheriffs at those Q&As or last night at the school districts, I hold that big stack with me. I carry it. And yeah, so it. it's a way to have a voice. Okay. And Alina holds these as, you know, a sacred trust. If you fill out that affidavit and send it to her, she goes all over the state with her big old stack and she shows it and she shows the statements of harm by the bad decisions of the people who, who govern us. Um, so we just have to keep this, we have to keep this going. We have to keep talking to our elected officials. If we don't put any heat on them, they're going to keep running the steamroller. Okay. And we're just going to be trying to outrun the steamroller. We have turned around and we have gotten out in front of the steamroller and we have turned around and we have formed our own offense and we will continue to do so. So, um, all of us, all of you, please join us. Take action for freedom.com. Click on the Thursday groups is one good way to do that, but check out the show notes so that you can see this video. Any final words, Alina? I just think this is awesome. We are the people. It's a grassroots movement and we are going to make some big impact. I can feel it. It's the tide shifting. Awesome. Thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you. Appreciate you, Robin. Mm-hmm.